Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, hit it, shot! Oh, baby, what a play! This is Jeff Bedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I analyze the Chiefs' win against the Jaguars and preview Sunday's game versus the Bears. Uh, Joe, the Chiefs turned the ball over at times. The offense struggled. They committed a lot of penalties. But despite all of that, they won on the road on a very hot day against a likely playoff team in the Jaguars. And they did all of that with Travis Kelsey looking less than 100%. So while not pretty, Joe, I actually think this is a pretty good win. Yeah, I think I think um, it, yeah, it, hey, listen for everything that you said, Jeff. It's an abs, it's absolutely a good win. I mean, they, you know, it's 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 still September. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. I think any win in September is a good win, no matter who you're playing at this point, unless you're literally playing, you know, some of the worst. If you're playing the worst team in the NFL, so you know. And the Chiefs might be playing one of those. One of those worst teams. We'll get yes, to that. And one of those this, we might, this weekend. <laughs> might be getting to that. I mean, but, you know, Jeff, just to be honest, like just to be honest and, and to have a good, robust discussion about this, I, I think the defense played really well, and I think the defense is sort of like outshining the offense a mm-hmm. little bit right now. But there's still a part of me that's scared. I'm, I'm a little scared of the bend-don't-break uh, aspect of this defense. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a kind of a general catch-all term, but I'm just worried that a couple of good throws here and a couple of better throws there, and you know, some of those touchdowns and and re- receptions are, that weren't well, they weren't, they were incompletions, but that were so close to being uh, catches that, like, I don't know, man, if like Trevor Lawrence puts the ball a little bit more on the numbers or he throws behind somebody and. They can keep in, in bounds. I mean, it's a little bit of a different game. And, they were and I think just that's missing some of those sideline throws. It seems like they were just a little bit off, you know? Yeah, and that 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 scares me a little bit. You know, with the game 17 to 9, you know, I think it just it just uh it's 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 a little, you know, it's a little scary. Now, granted, the Chiefs kneeled at the end and it it really wasn't 17 right. to nine. I, I, I get that. I think that game yeah. really is 24 to mm-hmm. nine and it looks on paper, looks totally different, right? Totally. If you, you open up the paper and it's a 15 point difference, you're like, wow, Chiefs must have really handled them. But there was just a couple of things there that just scared me a little bit. Um, you know, luckily, you know, in the red zone, they were able to hold them off and fend off the touchdown and just do the three field goals. So that's helpful, but you just don't want that to become a habit because they are going to run up against a quarterback who's going to hit those passes and and those ones that you're saying that were just a hair off, mm-hmm. you know, in the end zone or or on the sideline. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, that game is it's 17 to 17 if they go for two points. So it's going to be a very, very interesting, um, you know, I think this game is going to be very interesting coming up with with the Bears. Not probably a lot to talk about other than, I just hope it's a trouncing and that will yeah. give me more confidence, you know, going into the next quarter of the season. It might be like kind of a get right game, you know, to get yeah. all things firing. Um, I'm, I'm struggling. First of all, Joe, I'm going to shout out something you pointed out. And then one of our former guests pointed out um, 
you know, you called it. You said that the the defense this year was going to win us some games. Everyone focuses on the offense, and now it certainly was the case against the Jaguars. Even Mahomes, right after the game, said, "Oh, absolutely, the defense won this game for us." So, kudos to you for calling that out. Um, and I'm also uh, th- this reminds me of something that Jesse Newell of the KC Star. Uh, Chiefs beat reporter said when he was on our pod, he said that the, the margin of error is so large for the Chiefs because they can erase, you know, just with Mahomes, with Andy Reid, um, you know, such a good coaching staff, just so many uh, uh, skilled players around that, that, that like the, the Chiefs can do this. They can have their off game. They can have all these penalties. They can have, um, uh, you know, all these turnovers. And still the opponent really needs to do everything right um, to, to beat them, it's, especially if it's like the Jaguars, who are good teams, they look like they're not. They might, by the end of the year, be like more of an upper echelon team. But right now, they're they're, they're good, not great. Um, yeah. You know, so I thought that was an interesting point, and really going into this game with the, with the with the Bears, um, this st- starts. They had, I think, two tough contests. You know, the Lions were a good team with a lot to, um, you know. A, a lot to prove on the big stage and the Jaguars playing them a third time in less than a year in Jacksonville on a hot, humid day, the schedule kind of softens. The bears should be one of their easiest games. It's a 12 and a half line on bet online. Um, they, then they play the jets without Aaron Rodgers, and then the Vikings who are 0 and 2 and kind of scuffling. So this is, I think they enter, I think a little bit of their, their easy part of the schedule and hopefully they can get the kinks out there. You know, I love your term there, like get right game, and, and we hope that 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 that's the case. Um, that they can, you know, get things right against the Bears. I mean, you know, when you look at what, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't have, you know, the best of games. I mean, obviously the sacks got to him. Um, you know, didn't throw any picks, but you know, just wasn't didn't seem to be sharp, right? Just mm-hmm. didn't seem to be. Um, like he wasn't like 100% sharp in, in, in what he was doing, which is look, the, every team seems to be in, in that, in that, in that range. I think they did a great job against the run. Um, they showed blitz when they needed to. I thought the blitz packages were perfectly timed. Um, they did again, like I said before, they did a great job of getting to Trevor Lawrence, which with, which is what you always want to do to a young quarterback. And, you know, I'm going to take back, not just from myself, but also from probably what a lot of social media and, and pundits and people were saying after that Detroit game, were like, well, the way this defense played against Detroit is a really good team. Do we even really need Chris Jones? And, you know, yeah, we need Chris Jones. Like he's a difference maker. Like he was lights out in that game. And, and I think Number one, we talked about this, Jeff. He's playing for the next big contract. Not mm-hmm. that this isn't a big contract that he just signed this one-year deal, but he's playing for he's playing for it all. Like he, if he goes out and has a tremendous All-Pro, Pro Bowl type year, it's gonna, the sky is going to be the limit for him, you know, financially. And, and I think that's what he's playing for. And I think the Chiefs are going to benefit from that um, because it's not only you know for the Chiefs to re-sign him. But also for maybe somebody else to you know go out on the market. Joe, a great point there. You know, it's kind of a fun and interesting way to watch a game. Uh, for my post game story for Forbes.com, I wrote about Chris Jones because I wanted to throw in some of his the the contract stuff, the holdout him coming back. 
because you know they they love that kind of financial piece for Forbes. So I was really every defensive play I was focused on Jones, and he played 34 of the 67 snaps, and it was really fun to see Joe because they moved. It was I like watching just one player like that. It's it's really kind of illuminating because they moved him around. He played a lot on end defense end where he had that's really where he got his one and a half sacks was coming from the end. We also played inside and even the plays when he didn't hit the quarterback, didn't get a sack. He also had a deflected pass. He was moving the pocket. Like every time he was in there, he was making an impact. And it was really just, like I said, illuminating to see. So, man, yeah, he is he, – he really is something. That was yeah. a great point, Joe. When you get – you know, going back, Jeff, and I know we've touched on this before, but, you know, talking about a little bit about offensive and defensive line play, we touched on, you know, the slide protection and, and where the center goes when he's uncovered, right? Because, you know – Nine times out of 10, you know, most NFL teams are rushing a, a four man even front, right? With two defensive tackles and two defensive ends. And and then you've got your hot linebacker, right? That the, that the quarterback calls out and says, you know, 52, he's the mic. And then that's where the center will go because the center is uncovered, mm-hmm. right? So pretty basic pass protection um, because that's five on five, right? That's your closest linebacker that you're sending the center to who's uncovered. And you know, you, you then then the defense adjusts off of that, right? So when they know the center sliding to the right and they bring somebody off of the left, then either a running back has to pick him up or the quarterback picks that player up as hot if they're in an empty set and there's no running back back there, right? Just kind of basic pass protection stuff. You know, you get a guy like Chris Jones and he starts bull rushing the ta- the, the, the offensive guard the way that he does we talked about this with about Joe Tooney, right. And how they've been sort of bull rushing him and hoping maybe that they could send Creed Humphrey that direction. And then that frees up somebody on, on the defensive left or the offensive right for the other team. That's Chris Jones is going to become a guy that they're going to have to send protection to like they're like, even if the Mike linebacker is to the left and Chris Jones is lined up to the D offenses, right. The center is going to have to slide over and help the guard with him. Not, he's not, he, you can't block him by yourself. And and the more they do that, the more Spag sees that, the more he can bring pressure off of the other side opposite Chris Jones because he knows that the center is going to help the guard with Chris Jones. And they're going to have to declare another linebacker or linebacker-type position, the position that the center would pick up if that person blitzes. So it's it's cha- it's a game changer when you get somebody like that. Used to, Reggie White used to do the same thing. He a lot of times Reggie White was where the declaration of the pass protection went because he was so strong you couldn't let him be singled up, and and that's what that's what opens things up. And that Coach Spags has got to be loving that right that he can move him around, put him on the end, put him on the tackle, make the make the center slide to him, and it just opens up all kinds of you know pass rush options for the Chiefs. So Spags has got to be in his glory right now, you know, having him back and, and being able to do that. Cause I don't think he was able to do that during the Lions game. You know, I think I think he was pretty limited in what he could do from a from a from a, a game planning perspective. Great analysis there, Joe. Well football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news scores and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, 
Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, Joe, you do such a good job you, talking about this. You, you mentioned on Tuesday during your regular morning spot on 810 radio on at 7:30 Central. Um, but we got to talk to Juan Taylor. Uh, you know, after the after the game, Andy Reid, and he said this on Monday too, said, you know, Juwan Taylor is is plenty fast, but, you know, the officials were kind of on red alert after that was made such a big deal where he lined up in week one. And, you know, what, what do you make of this? I mean, so many penalties, he gets pulled, um, he comes back, uh, he's facing his former team and is, you know, close to where he grew up. Just what, what do you make of this Juwan Taylor situation? I, you know, I think, look, He's going to be fine. I mean, I, I I know everybody wants to jump on this. It's, it's two games in. He's with a new team. He's with an he's 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 in a new offensive scheme. He's got Patrick Mahomes behind him. Uh, we talked about that kind of pressure before. When I you know always tell that funny story about you know Joe Montana and you know at training camp and how you know there was now five thousand fans at training camp just to see him and our coach thought, true boy, your job's got a whole lot different this year. I mean, it's pressure, you know, and he's figuring it out. He's figuring out where where Patrick's going to be. He's trying to, he's trying to do all he can to get a little bit of a jump on, on some of these defensive ends. Look, he's got plenty of speed. He's got plenty of athletic ability. He's got, he's proven player. He's experienced. He's going to be fine. It's just going to be a matter of him getting his timing down and getting everything, you know, all set as he gets used to playing in this new kind of faster pace offensive scheme, you know, with Patrick Mahomes. So I think I'm not that worried about it. Let's let's see how it goes after three, four games into the season. I mean, you know, him getting pulled, you know, look, sometimes you just got to like reset somebody. You got to be like, look, come on out. Take a deep breath. I, I was glad that Andy. That? Joe, sorry to interrupt. Do you remember that during your time when when either you or one of the, your, your line mates ever got, you know, because that's unusual to pull like linemen. Do you remember that when it kind of and it, maybe it helped to, to get a guy going? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get I didn't get pulled, but I remember I remember getting a talking to when, you know, we were playing the Vikings on like Sunday night football and I got like three holding penalties in a row on Chris Dolman. And because he was trash talking, he was getting me out of my game. He was, you know, he was just he was the ultimate trash talker. I mean, you know, I remember after the first, you know, he got a sack on me. I mean, it was just like, oh, it was like, what were, you know, what could go wrong? You know, he's asking me if, you know, if, you know, since I went to the University of Pennsylvania, am I going to tell people I went to Penn State now after the sack? <laughs> um, you know, you know, because of all my fraternity brothers, you know, watching the game or, you know, do, do my parents have cable? Are they watching this? So they, did they see you get that holding call? Like he was, man, he just knew how to get in your head. Mm -hmm. And And I just remember Howard Mudd just like, it was crazy because I literally got a sack and two, two, two holding calls and, and an offset, like a, 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 a mm -hmm. legal procedure in one series. And it was the worst, probably the worst four or five plays of my career that all happened within, you know, that condensed of a time frame. And I just remember, you know, Howard Mudd just like, Joe, like, are you, are you okay? Like, you're all right. Right. Like you're fine. Right. Like, and he basically said to me, look, if you're not getting penalties, and and you're not getting holding calls and you're not letting up sacks. You know what it means? He was it means you're not playing. 
So it's going to happen. Get over it. You know, kind of like the Ted Lasso. It was like Ted Lasso before Ted Lasso, right? Be a goldfish, right? Just forget, forget about it. And um, I got the goldfish talk from Howard Mudd, not specifically, but that same type of talk. And, and it works, you know, just, just taking a reset. Worst thing that could happen is they didn't put him back in because then his confidence goes down the drain. So, you know, the fact that they put him back in, he kept playing and, and was fine. Like that was big for Andy, like to just say, Hey, take a deep breath. You're coming out, you're going back in, you know, just need to get you out and get you out of this funk. And, and I think, and I think it worked and and that's going to happen. Right. That's, that's what good coaches do. And so, yeah, long, long story, but I think he's going to be fine on that. And, and yeah, I've, I've seen similar things happen. And, and I think it was the right thing to do at that particular moment to kind of push the reset button on Juwan. Great story there, Joe. And, you know, to our maybe younger fans out there, if you're Chris Dolman made a lot of people look bad. That's a, that's no yeah. shame in that. He was a hall of famer, um, mostly for the Vikings. Like you mentioned, also played for the Niners. Great, great player. Um, Great story there, Joe. Um, moving along to the uh, um, the Bears here, you know, because there's there's a way to line is twelve and a half. Probably the the most interesting part of this game might be the fact that um, offensive coordinator Matt Nagy will go against his former team. He used to be the head coach of the Bears. That's going to be an interesting um, part there. The the Bears. I I live in Chicago. And so I'm seeing it, hearing it up close from a lot of my friends that they they have really struggled. And last year, you know, they they did get the number one pick, but they were kind of tanking. They looked like they might have found something in Justin Fields, and now it seems like they've progressed. They were so good at running the ball last year with all these designed runs. Now they're I, they're kind of having him. They're doing less of that, which doesn't make sense. So um, anyway, I think this is. A really fascinating statistic, Joe, and that shows where both teams are uh, kind of offensively. Justin Fields right now has as many runs, 13, as Patrick Mahomes also has 13. And that's bad on both fronts. Mahomes is very elusive, and he's done a good job um, getting Chiefs out of uh, difficult situations. But if you're Kansas City, you don't want him running that much in two games. They they really – they turn the running game – Turned it on in the second half of week two, but um, that is that is not like um, ideal. They needed to run more in the first half, and the Bears—that's the best thing they have going on their team—is Justin Fields on those runs. They also have to—I would do many more design move Justin Fields around, more design runs. Um, so, kind of a, a statistic to watch heading into this one. Yeah, they're—you know—they just don't. Basically, what they're not doing right now is they're not gaining a lot of yards per attempt both you know both in the running game and and in the passing game right i mean i think they're you know they're i mean they've, they've done a decent job of rushing yards per attempt um they're out they're they're out doing their opponent but you know they just don't they're just i mean they only have 189 yards rushing total so you know it's just they're just not gaining a lot of yards and and their their yards per pass attempt is you know three four yards below where their opponents are, um, and they've only got you know 
net passing yards of like 358 yards to to their opponents 554. So they're they're just getting outplayed from a yardage perspective. Um, you know, efficiency is not great. Third down efficiency, they just don't. They're probably not calling the right plays. Um, they they've they've lost 69 yards on 10 sacks and they only have one sack. So um, you know, it's 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 not it's it's not a it's just not there's just not a lot of good things happening for the Chicago Bears right now. And and it's, you know, it, again, like we, we've said before, not to belabor the point, but it, it could be a, a really nice confidence booster game for the Chiefs just to just to get, you know, again, here we go. Get one of those preseason games out of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Where where a team, you know, where they can, the, the Chiefs can cruise and, and they can, you know, run the plays they want to run. So, yeah, it's it's uh you know, it's it's going to be an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the Bears react coming into Arrowhead with the Chiefs having maybe a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after these first two weeks. Because I, I don't think the Chiefs are real happy. You know, I don't think they're real happy with where they are. To be honest, um, they can't be right. I yeah, mean, right. They shouldn't be. I mean, they're for this. The Chiefs have reached that uh, level where if it's a disappointment, unless you reach the Super Bowl, maybe unless you win the Super Bowl, which is nuts to think of, but that's. That's how good they are, and that's where their their mindset, their headspace is. So, absolutely agree. And listening to what they said after the game, I think I think that is the tone. You know, nobody was happy with that. Uh, Joe, we're going to take a a brief pause right here. Uh, so, Joe, you know, it's funny. Um, we we we've talked about this so much. We need to copyright this phrase. I guess you need to copyright it. it was your September is the new preseason. I, I do think that's a lot. The Chiefs looked sluggish. Um, but having watched a lot of the teams play throughout the league, I think most teams on offense have looked pretty sluggish. I think it's the, the rare exception. I mean, look at some of the teams, whether it's the Bills in week one, um, the Eagles, even though they're 2-0, had trouble getting things going. A lot of the other real good teams. Um, so, Joe, I, I think – I'm cautiously optimistic that that's just a big part of it. Uh, I, 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 I'm sure you're seeing uh, the same thing as you look at the, yeah. the AFC. And the other thing about the AFC, you look; these teams are dropping like flies, whether it's like the horrible Nick Chubb injury, with who I think the Browns were going to be really good if he had stayed yeah. healthy. Joe Burrow and Cincy, you know, Dobbins and Baltimore. There's, you know, a lot of teams are having either – Kelsey, issue, Kelsey, Kelsey, I yeah. mean – you know, it, you know, before the season even started, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, tweaks his knee. I, yeah, it's, and he just, did not look. He did not look right, Joe. I think that was a big part of their struggles as well. Yeah, he seemed frustrated. Obviously, got that got that personal foul, mm-hmm. and just seems frustrated and with what's going on. He's probably not where he wants to be. I mean, he's expecting you know this team to be two and zero with you know a couple of dominant games and opening up opening up on Thursday night that couldn't have made a lot of people happy in in the Chiefs camp you know I mean you know all eyes were on it was the opening game of the season Thursday night you know the entire world is watching all the teams everybody's the season's about to kick off and you know they go they go and lose to the Lions I'm not saying not taking anything from the Lions but you know it wasn't the Chiefs best performance um yeah, it's Nick Sirianni from the Eagles. You know, the Eagles head coach even said, obviously, you know, just like you being in Chicago, me being here in Philly, I get, I get relatively close to the Eagles, uh, you know, just from the daily goings on. And, you know, he he said, I'm, he goes, I, I think I made a mistake, basically. I'm paraphrasing, but he felt like he should have played the team players more mm-hmm. in the preseason. 
and is actually backtracking a little bit on this whole, you know, well, let's save it for the regular season uh -huh. thing. And he's, he was thinking he made a mistake. I mean, Jalen Hurts hasn't looked anything like the Jalen Hurts that we saw mm -hmm. go on that incredible run last year through the playoffs. He, he's just not at his form. Um, it's, you know, it's a lot. It's a combination of a lot of things, right? We can we joke about it, about September being the new preseason. But, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is defensive coordinators don't sit around and just wait for, you know, stuff to happen. They, they game plan these things, especially when you're playing a team like the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to you got a, a whole year to to see uh, what you can do to beat, you know, the team that's going to help maybe propel your team uh, with some major momentum. Right. Like if if I think about how the Lions, you know, feel right now, right, having opened up the season, you know, with a road victory against the Chiefs, that's that's what a what a momentum builder for for them. Right. Um, and and it's there's just. You know, there's just so many, so many things that, you know, your, your, uh, you know, your players can, can feed off of, um, you know, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how this team reacts and not to completely, you know, beat this thing up, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how, um, you know, how the, how the Chiefs react to playing the Bears and, and what kind of, what team actually shows up. Joe, uh, the matchup I'm most interested in seeing, again, I don't expect this to be close, but I think one where they could really exploit the Bears, as you mentioned, and you mentioned this, the Bears have just one sack on the season. I think that's the offensive line with all their issues that they had, the Chiefs and the penalties. I think this is one where they can get right. And I, I really think that, um, that Mahomes is not going to get touched and the Chiefs are going to get a, put up a lot of points. I expect the Chiefs to actually win by more in that um uh that that 12 and a half point uh margin. Joe, what's your matchup to to watch and should fans should our listeners go and and bet the under or the over of that 12 and a half line on bet online? Who I I'm going over on it. I yeah, I think I think it I, I don't want to use the term route. That sounds disrespectful to the Bears, but I, I think it's going to be a route. I mean, I I, I might even borderline drubbing. Um, I just I think that the, the chip on the shoulder, you know, trying to get things right, setting a message, you know, making a statement. I see this as like one of those. This is my prediction. I, I think it's going to be like 34 to 10. I, I just see. I just see one of those games, you know, look, I, it may, I don't even know. Maybe the bears don't score 10. Maybe they do, you know, just maybe, you know, something happens. They get decent field position on something, but I see like, I see like 34 to 10. Um, and, and it's not even like close. Like it's just going to be a, a race to the end zone for the chiefs. And Jeff, you know, they could shut this team out. I mean, if, if, if Spags puts the right game plan in, and maybe if I, if they shut them out, I drop I drop the Chiefs score a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, if, if they shut them out, it could be like a 21, 24 nothing game, you know, where where the Chiefs just just completely shut them down. So I, I definitely think they cover and and go over on that spread um, because I just think they're just going to be too much for this team, which is which is what what the fans are going to want right now and coming off of you know the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm very close to you. I'm I'm going like kind of twenty eight to nine, something like that. I think maybe a little bit lower scoring for both teams, but a big, big margin. Uh, Joe, I'm so confident in this. Our producer, Cam Rogers, has a survivor pool 
and I picked the Chiefs for this one. Like I'm that confident that it that is really, I think, that much of a lock of the week. Any anything that you're going to be for this lock of the week that you really want to focus on in this game, matchup wise? Well, I think well, everybody's going to want to watch Juwan, right? I right. Mean, everybody, right. Everybody's yeah. going to be like, all right, can can he get it right? Can he use this game to get his stance right? Can he use this game to get his snap count anticipation right? Um, I would. I'm. I'm going to love seeing what they do with Isaiah Pacheco. I, I'm going to be really. So I'm going to be focusing on Juwan offensively. Um, I'm going to be focusing on Isaiah Pacheco. And I think I, I, you know, I got to go with the Penn Quaker buddy of mine, Justin Watson, and see if you know Patrick continues to target him. I mean, he's he's, he's really stepping one, up. He's kind of the number one guy right now, right? Like, uh, you know, we know they have a a lot of guys, and it's going to change week in, week out. But if there is a number one guy, it seems to be Watson. Yeah, I mean, he's been very consistent. Um, he seems to be getting open. He's finding the open spots. He's He's relatively sure-handed, so yeah, I, 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 he's still got some. He's got some speed, and you know you can see him in the open field. He does, he does, he does fly when he needs to. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see that and see what this receiving core can do. Hey, listen, last week, 12, 12 targets, twelve different wow. unique targets, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, that's this offense in a nutshell, right? When one guy's down, another guy steps up, and and I love that about this team. And I, I think it goes into that whole Belichick Brady model where. You know, you never knew who was going to get the ball. So I think they need to keep that momentum going there and spread the ball around. I'm not opposed to it. I don't I don't need, you know, MVS uh, and Sky Moore and Kadarius to be the three top receivers who, you know, each one of them has, you know, X amount of yards per game. Right. You, you 70, don't need 80. Nakua, Nakua, the new uh, new darling who's catching, who's being targeted twenty times a game. We don't we don't need that, right, Joe? I, I think this team will do just fine and even better if they can keep their um, keep their targets high uh, as far as uh, spreading it out. So I, I like that. I, it, it's got to you know, I'm no defensive coordinator, but it's got to keep defensive coordinators on their toes. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm I'm so I want to watch I want to watch the receiving core. I want to watch Isaiah. And, and I really want to see if Juwan can get this right. I think defensively, you know, keep your eye on this linebacking core. I, I, they're, they're, I think, besides some of the things that Chris Jones does up front, I, I personally think when you look at the way they cover the back part of the field and passing, the way they rush when they need to blitz, the way they cover the run, I think they're the strongest part of our defense right now. Wow. The four, you know, the four guys. I just feel like as, as a unit, mm-hmm. as a unit. I think they're the strongest unit on on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Ex Pat Mahomes, but there's only one quarterback, so you're not really a unit when you're a quarterback. So I think from a unit perspective, with guys playing together and 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 as a group, I've really got to give a nod to this linebacking core. I'm I'm really excited about their development and what they're doing. I'm glad you mentioned both the linebackers and Pacheco because the linebackers we've talked about some. We've talked about. Gay and Bolton. I we even talked about Tranquil. Leo Chanel's having a good year too in his second season. So you're right about how they can, you know, Nick Bolton missed some snaps last game and they didn't miss a beat with uh, Tranquil and Chanel in there. And Joe also mentioned Pacheco. I would like to see Pacheco. He had such a strong second half. I'd really like to see the Chiefs um, dedicate to the run a little bit more in the first half, you know, to get, I think that that's only adding to all these issues with, um, 
on the offensive line, I think, and in the passing game. I think if they have a little bit more balance, I think this is a game to do that, to, to get a little to reintroduce some more balance in the offense. Yeah, definitely. And 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 let's yeah, like you said, exactly. Let's not wait till the second half till we need to get things leveraged out and, and settled. I think start start early, man. The guy still runs like he hates the ground. And <laughs> you gotta you gotta love it. You gotta love it. And that that means more carries for him, means less for Patrick Mahomes having to gain ground um with his legs, which you know, we need him to to be winning games with his arms. So we have him all ready and prime for for playoff time so yeah I, i'd love to see pacheco you know take the load here and um and see where he can uh, and see where he can go you know i like you know look don't forget too you know the this offense you know a lot of those 12 when you look at the 12 uh targets that happened you know a lot of the chiefs you have to look at the Chiefs' offenses as as sometimes you know like they run a little bit more than they do. Even though the ball leaves Patrick Mahomes' hand in a certain way that looks like a pass, a lot of these yeah. are designed to run. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, stuff to Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Clyde Edwards had a really nice play mm-hmm. uh, this week. I, I was I was excited to see that ten yard carry that he had. I think it was I think it was on a third down, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, I, I just you know. They, they they are so you know you got to look at some of that stuff as running plays too so yeah but but I think actual handoffs I'd love to see more uh, I'd love to see more Isaiah early on. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we're back next week. Go Chiefs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.